Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg. I'm a clinical psychologist, and each episode of this podcast, I share mental health-related information with you in hopes that you'll gain some insight into your own behavior and also learn some new skills that I teach as part of this podcast. So welcome to today's podcast. I'd like to start a series today on dialectical behavior therapy skills or DBT and you've heard me use that skill before if you've turned in in the past and DBT skills or dialectical behavior therapy skills are very closely related to another set of skills that I teach you known as mindfulness because DBT really emphasizes the importance of really living your life in such a way that you have a Teflon mind. You have this mind that does not get attached to feelings or thoughts or experiences, is just tries to let go of any judgment of the experience to just be here right now, just be right here right now. So I will talk about DBT skills and mindfulness skills relatively interchangeably. And what I'm going to be talking about today are the three skills of observe, describe, and participate. And these are ways for you to draw your attention and be in the present moment. And as you know from my other episodes on this, when we simply observe and describe, when we label things happening within us or things happening outside in the, in the world, just labeling things releases serotonin in the brain, according to research out of Duke. And as a result of that, practicing these skills can be really good for your mood because it increases the amount of serotonin that you have available in your brain synapses. And and as we know, emotions are really nothing but uh, chemical reactions in our brains, right? So uh, just observing and describing things can help you feel better But another part of observe and describe and participate that's also really important is that it gives you distance from a situation that would maybe otherwise be rather triggering. Because remember, we use objective terms when we do observe and describe. We use objective terms. We don't get into what they call getting into story. We don't get into interpretations. We may label an interpretation. I notice that I think that this person is upset with me. You can label your interpretation, but you really try very hard like using a Teflon mind to not get attached to the thoughts and feelings and circumstances that are present. So 
What we do by giving distance to the situation, we have a completely different reaction to it. And again, the two, the only two things that we really have control over in the world is what we focus our mind on and how we choose to react and respond to situations. And that gives us unlimited power. So when we are able to distance ourselves from a situation, we're able to do a better job regulating our emotions, regulating our reactions to things, because a lot of times our reactions to things uh, in a stressful situation Maybe because of an unhealed wound that we have, and it may not have anything to do with the situation. It has to do with painful history that we may have. So we try our best when we could otherwise be triggered to distance ourselves from it a little bit. And it gives us just a couple seconds to pause before we react and having a minute to pause can make all the difference in the world when it comes to reacting. Okay. It can really change the outcome of a situation. If you're able to pause, breathe, reflect, gain some perspective, and then figure out how you want to react. And it's not just this trigger response. Okay. So, uh, so observe is noticing things either inside of you or outside of you in the world, noticing it without getting attached, just kind of looking at it from this objective perspective, right? It gives you a little distance. And by doing that, you can notice things in your life that maybe you've never noticed before because what happens is by observing it brings your mind right here right now and you're able to notice things in your life that you may have missed before because especially in our culture we're so caught up in our head about what we need to do and uh, what am I not doing right now? What do I need to take care of? I mean, so many of us have plates and plates of things that we have going on in our life. And so if we're not careful, we can walk around being stuck in what I call problem solver mode, thinking about, I've got to make sure I do this. I've got to make sure I do this. I've got to make sure I do this. And I have been definitely feeling that very much lately in the sense that because I'm not being mindful, things are falling through the cracks. There are, uh, you know, miscommunications with people and uh, some confusion about certain things that are going on with my business. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now and I think that as a result of all the things that I have going on, whether it's, you know, the business side of my practice or whether it's, uh, you know, working on my website, working on my podcast, working for uh, 
my research projects, working for Columbia, whether depending on what it is that I'm doing, I need to be right there right now. I can't be all these other places because if I am, I'm not able to be present with people. So I put that stuff away so that I can be here right now and focus my attention on the person that's in front of me. I want them to know that they have all of my attention. I am right here right now to help them feel seen, heard, and understood. So being mindful is also a way of just living a more rich life making stronger connections with people because you're right here, you're right now. You're not on your phone while someone's talking to you. You're not uh, thinking about what you're going to have for dinner when you're having lunch with your friend or, you know, you're missing out on life. And when you're right here, right now, you start living a very rich life. Now, the downside of that is that things can slip, fall through the cracks like they have been in my life lately. And that is because I have been so caught up in what it is that I'm doing that I'm not actually paying attention to things that I should be paying attention to. So there's been um, a lot of miscommunication going on in my life uh, in the last couple of weeks. And so as a result of that, you know, I really got this awakening of like, wow, okay, being right here right now is good. But how about a notepad to write down the things that you need to do so that you don't forget? Because uh, that's what happens when you're right here right now is that you're not practicing things in your head and it's easy to forget about other things because you are just right here right now. So uh, just a warning sticker on the mindfulness piece of it and uh, what it, the inadvertent effect that being mindful can have on your life. If you do too much, you got to do it all in moderation, right? So uh, when I'm in therapy or when I'm, doing research or working on one of the instruments that I help develop, whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to be right there right now. And it really makes my life and my work much more rich because I'm doing a better job because I'm there and present and I'm really focused on what we're doing. So uh, I would invite you to start practicing mindfulness if you do have problems with concentration. It is a way for you to get much more things done if you're focused on right here, right now, and doing one thing at a time. It's called One Mindfully, which is if you're doing your homework, be doing your homework. Don't be doing your homework and picking up your phone and texting with people because that really does, it, it, it hurts productivity something like 40%. It's something staggering like that. So whatever it is that you're doing, be doing that thing and don't be doing other things because you will lose a lot of productivity. Those of us that do struggle with problems with attention or ADHD, 
it is really important for us to do things one at a t- one thing at a time because otherwise we can get so distracted that we don't get things done and 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 that is something that a lot of folks with ADHD struggle with is getting things done and staying on top of things so uh, if that is something that you've been struggling with, you know, I would say use the one mindfully when you need to be on task, uh, but also make sure that you're leaving enough time in your life to think about the future or the past or what do I need to do? Uh, what are some tasks that I need to do that need my attention? And think about things outside of just right here right now because you can get lost in mindfulness too and then things can fall through the cracks so just be careful about that but it can definitely enhance a lot of areas of your life including your relationships with people so maybe one thing that you could practice is being right here, right now with the people that are around you to help them feel seen and heard and understood. When I'm with my friends, I try really hard to not be on my phone. Same with my family, try really hard to not be on my phone so much um, and let them know that they're really important to me and I want to hear what they have to say. So it really does help you to develop a deeper relationship with people and develop a closer relationship because they know that you're there with them. It's kind of difficult to make a connection with people who aren't right here right now with you. And fortunately for me, this is something that I think I started doing when I was a child. I started focusing on what's going on with other people I recently did an interview and was reflecting on the different aspects of my life that have contributed to how much I love the work that I do, uh, whether it's my full-time practice or my two research positions I just or the podcast. I just really enjoy the work that I do, and I enjoy it so much that... I even do a lot of volunteer work, too. So it's such such a big part of my life, and it feels so right for me. I feel like I was born to be here, and I feel like I've had this vision since I was, like, a teenager at the very latest. Uh... But I would even hazard a guess that even when I was as young as five, I think that I started being interested in the human mind, the human connection, trying to understand things because I was a highly sensitive kid in a family of people that are not highly sensitive. And I felt confused and I think I was confusing for other people in the family too. Remember 20% of the population are highly sensitive people. I happen to be one and I didn't understand. I wanted to understand more about myself and my emotions and how to regulate them and how to uh, 
cope with really difficult situations, you know, and some of my experience was traumatic, some of it big T and little t trauma, but it all culminated in me being the person that I am today. And so I wouldn't trade any of those experiences, no matter how painful and difficult they were, because that was when I found out that I am a strong person and I want to help other people feel that same level of accomplishment and feeling proud of themselves and realizing that maybe like me, you're a warrior that you've been here for many lifetimes and you are here to fight battles and to help people. Maybe that resonates with you too. But one of the reasons why I enjoy it as much as I do is that I am able to focus my time on the person that's in front of me and listening to them wholeheartedly and genuinely. And anybody that's ever worked with me knows that for better or for worse, I serve up tough love seven days a week with people and I'm going to be here right here right now with you. And I'm going to tell you what I think about a situation. I'm just going to share my thoughts because that is something that a lot of people are interested in is reasoning things out with someone else and sharing their thoughts, sharing my thoughts with them, with other people is one way that they get to learn about themselves. So that's one of the reasons why I enjoy psychotherapy as much as I do is because I really, really love that human connection. And being mindful is a way that that connection is made much, much deeper. I don't know about you, but when other people are right here right now with me, it's much, it feels much safer for me to share things with them when they're right here right now. So maybe you can deepen your practice with mindfulness, being right here right now, using the skills of observe, describe and participate and show up in a way where you're at a distance from the situation so that you're not getting triggered by what's going on. And it's incredibly empowering when things no longer trigger you. It's the best feeling and it's the best benefit of psychotherapy, in my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to practice, observe, and describe right now to show you what it's like, and then you can practice at home. So uh, this is one of my favorite tools for doing observe and describe is to grab something like this with a floral print on it. So this is, so now I'm going to practice observe and describe and, and show you how it's done. So this is a tweed pillow that is about 18 inches by 18 inches and it's got a floral print on it there are colors of lime green uh, cranberry burgundy fuchsia 
gray, uh, the gray and another color where they meet, the edges mm, look like a watercolor, especially in those places. And uh, the, the gray looks rather uh, distressed in a way. Uh, it's got lighter places and darker places on it in the fabric. And the edges in the on the flowers and the leaves are more blended than between the flowers and the edge of the gray. And the colors are yellow, light pink, fuchsia, uh, green, green mixed with red. So like a very dark, dark orange, kind of like on my shirt. And so I think that's all that I have appears to be linen. I think that's probably my last observation. But you'll notice that I talked about things in terms of objective terms, like how big is the pillow? What colors are there? What shapes are there? I, I went into story a little bit about the, uh, you know, what kind of fabric it was and to what kind of painting it was uh, because, you know, I try to be as objective as possible and, and uh, sometimes I take shortcuts like that, but um, that is observe and describe. And so what you do is you try to talk about things in an objective term as possible. And what it does is it brings you right here, right now, because you're, you're observing, you're labeling, and you're participating fully. Okay, you're right here. And while you're right here, you can't be out here in the future. And you also can't be back here in the past. You're right here, right now. And again, it's like living life in Technicolor because you notice so many things that you maybe never noticed before, including this pillow. Now I'm so in love with this pillow. So much more than I was before. So that is observe and describe and participate. And that exercise brings you right here, right now, prevents you from being in the past and the future, releases serotonin in the brain, helps you to calm down. And it always also gives me a boost of energy. So try it out, observe and describe and participate and see how you like that. And again, I really invite the people that are neurodivergent, such as folks with ADHD or folks who are on the spectrum, to practice doing things one mindfully, using the skills of observe, describe and participate to be here right now and see See how you like it. I would love to hear in your comments. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day.